things ahead that if we can still tweak. Schaefer and the coaches can't afford to lay back on defense. They will change it. All right, good stuff. That's a wrap for us tonight. Good job by everybody in studio. Rushi, Christian, Jeremy, J.K. Wiggles. I'm Rob. We're back at it all week long. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for DSRs at 5.15. Friday night, game of the week at 7 o'clock. Our coverage will feature Michigan Volleyball, unbeaten 9-0. and They'll play Western Kentucky at 7.30. So that's it from here in Ann Arbor. Good night. And let's see if the Eagles can beat the Cowboys tonight. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. The only six seconds left, and then Chad Kowarik will be released. Six seconds of power play time remaining. Henson was thrown out of the uh, face-off circle because Desk went over to shout instructions to Kalorn. Thank you for listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. If you'd like to contact the sports department, please email us at sports at WCBN.org or call the station at 734-763-3500. Pass comes forward. Here's Hensick. Now to Kaloric. He's behind the defense. He's in. Shot and score. Chad Kaloric out of the penalty box gives the Wolverines a 4 nothing lead. Let's get it started. Well, uh, good evening. You are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. And welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and uh, my partner Jim Dwyer is uh, got school responsibilities this evening, so he won't be here, but he'll probably be back next week. Obviously, a huge day uh, today on uh, Wall Street and in the financial uh, sector of, uh, of our economy. And I'll just comment very briefly. I think that the Sarah Palin television show has been canceled. Um, first, we had Hurricane Ike. And I find it rather amazing that even within, you know, essentially two more than uh, two days after the hurricane hit uh, landfall, uh, we don't really have a, even a kind of a rough assessment of the damage. Obviously, search and rescue and all that stuff is continuing, but uh, it'll be very interesting to s- compare the uh, congressional delegation from Texas uh, as they uh, clamor for federal money. These are the same people that didn't want to see New Orleans rebuilt. Uh, whether uh, we should rebuild Galveston, because obviously Galveston um, suffered the brunt of this. Uh, It's uh, washed out both with the storm surge, flooding, and wind damage. And uh, certainly Houston is uh, greatly affected as we speak. And uh, my goodness, even Michigan was affected. (laughs) Uh, When you see a storm that's... uh, 700 miles wide, uh, you can count on the fact that it's going to wreak havoc. So I just find it fascinating how the dynamics of the weekend have uh, radically changed even the presidential uh, campaign. Uh, Very quickly, I'm going to give out a brain damage award to Richard Shelby, a Republican senator from Alabama. It was interesting that the uh, Car companies were on uh, Capitol Hill uh, Thursday and Friday 
mainly on Friday, uh, requesting a uh, $25 billion bridge loan to help retool their manufacturing facilities here in the United States. And Richard Shelby's quote was, GM is not too big to fail. Uh, well, first of all, GM globally um, is not going to fail. It's just a question of how much money and how long it's going to take GM to get its act together, so to speak. Ford has the same problems. And Chrysler, quite frankly, uh, which uh, is now a privately held by a hedge fund, is probably already bankrupt. We're going to hear a lot of debate over the next several days, uh, depending on how serious the financial meltdown that occurred today will uh, proceed. Obviously, the huge news is that uh, Lehman Brothers has declared bankruptcy. They're filing Chapter 11, which pretty much means they're toast. Um, Merrill Lynch has been bought by a uh, in, in the corporate world they call this a white knight uh, by a big bank, Bank of America and this follows a Bear Cerns uh, uh, acquisition several months ago of Bear Stearns uh, for all intents and purposes three out of the top five investment banks of America are Kaputsky uh, leaving us with two and I think that raises all sorts of other questions uh, that uh, haven't even been dealt with. Obviously, the f housing sector continues to deteriorate. Uh, I noticed uh, recently they even uh, published, and this is just from a month ago, the uh, 17th of August, uh, 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 the latest housing numbers from Zillow, Great name there. The real estate research f film are littered with minus signs. The data shows that uh, while we may yet, uh, we're not through the downturn. Zillow found that nearly 24% of homes sold during the past 12 months sold at a loss. And of those who bought homes in the last five years, 29% now have negative equity. Um, what that essentially means is people paid more for the house than what it's worth. Um, by the way, this is sort of comparable to buying a new car. Uh, if you uh, assume uh, payments and go into debt to buy that car, pretty much the minute you <laughs> drive it off the lot, it's, uh, for most models, lost uh, almost half of its value. So this is um, very troubling data. Uh, it's got some other information there, but uh, the basic uh, change in average home value declined 10% over the last year. And uh, this is just the beginning of the housing crisis, folks. John McCain, uh, campaigning today, um, made a kind of a tepid statement. He said, well... Americans may be frightened by uh, what's what's the turmoil was the word he used uh, regarding our financial markets, but uh, the fundamentals are still sound. <laughs> this is just remarkable um, ignorance, and I find it fascinating that uh, while Sarah Palin and John McCain have been running this sort of bizarre culture war uh, the last uh, two weeks. 
against the Democrats and uh, these mommy wars and all this nonsense about Sarah Palin. She, of course, had an interview just last week with uh, Charlie Gibson of ABC News, and uh, her um, understanding of foreign policy left quite a lot to be desired. Some of it was outright scary. I think one of her children is named Trig, but uh, maybe they ought to rename that youngster Trigger. Uh, she seemed to have a hair trigger impulse about force, and she seemed to almost overcompensate um, because she's a woman um, with lipstick, and we won't go down that alley. But she seemed to overcompensate with uh, overly tough talk. She uh, openly would condone Israel striking Iran. Um, she suggested that we would be obligated to go to war over the Georgia-Russia uh, conflict involving these so-called breakaway republics. And I don't think she had a great grasp of a lot of other issues regarding foreign policy. She seems almost to be completely out of touch with even the fact that George, the Bush administration has recently been talking to Iran, for instance, uh, behind the scenes. And uh, I was hardly reassured by uh, her interview. Um, you know, Charlie, I didn't blink for a second. I didn't blink. You know, So she showed uh, that she's still a pit bull. Uh, with lipstick, but I don't think that this uh, culture war that the uh, GOP has adopted uh, since hiring a consultant that used to work with Karl Rove and George Bush, uh, Mr. Schmidt, uh, is going to work. Um, the precise date, by the way, in which Mr. Schmidt uh, joined the campaign is a little unclear to me, but it was roughly a month ago, uh, a little over a month ago, and it's just fascinating to sort of examine, if you go back and examine the changes in uh, John McCain's strategy, I think they started with Mr. Schmidt. Um, I think that the, as of two weeks ago, the uh, Republican Party was planning on running a campaign about experience well, shall we say, three weeks ago, it was going to run a campaign about experience and uh, foreign policy and try and stay off the economy. Then they hired Palin, and I mean they hired this woman. She, she wasn't vetted properly. This, uh, the, you know, the more details that emerge about her, her background and how McCain selected her are very troubling indeed. And uh, I'll only mention... Uh, the number of presidents that have died in office, because it is a staggeringly high number. Of course, four were assassinated. Um, Kennedy, Garfield, McKinley, and Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln and Kennedy, I, I, I hasten to add, were two of our greatest presidents. But I forgot about old rough and ready. Zachary Taylor died in office and was uh, succeeded by the very memorable guy named Millard Fillmore, uh, who's regarded by most historians as simply one of the worst presidents of all time, certainly one of the most ineffective. And, of course, John Tyler died in office, as did Warren G. Harding, as did FDR, uh, with Truman taking over. And, of course, it was very bizarre, but not surprising, that uh, 
Sarah Palin would invoke Harry Truman uh, in her convention speech just a couple of weeks ago with further uh, galvanizing of America about small towns and how they we they do all the work, they run our factories and raise our food, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Sarah Palin may want to actually kind of visit some of the cities uh, in America. Um, do you realize that Macomb County uh, here in Michigan, uh, which is a big battleground area in the presidential election, is actually bigger than the entire state of Alaska in terms of people. Um, so the rural strategy and bolstering the base does seem to have worked for uh, McCain in the short term, but I haven't seen any blue states or, quote, toss-up states uh, blatantly lean towards McCain. And when you see a collapse, and I, I mean this in a, it, we didn't have a massive crash today, but we had a significant downturn in the market. I mean, the Standard & Poor's lost, I think, 4.3%. The Dow Jones Industrial was down almost 5%. And you can extrapolate, based on paper wealth, that uh, somewhere between 400 and $600 billion of paper wealth uh, was wiped out today off the books. We don't need more discussions and debates about whether or not regulation uh, is to blame here, because uh, there was no regulation. This is maybe the final <laughs> nail in the coffin of deregulation. I'd like to point out that the the big deregulation push started uh, back in the late 70s under Jimmy Carter, and it was rapidly accelerated under Ronald Reagan. It's fascinating to realize that the industries that have been deregulated have been the airline industries, the savings and loans industries, um, financial sector industry, and the energy industry. And uh, I would say in all four areas of the economy, these have all proven to be incredible failures. And, of course, the taxpayer seems to be unaware of the exact liabilities they're inheriting with both some of these bailouts and some of the, uh, shall we say, flood, flood control that the Bush administration is now engaged in. Uh, they may be pumping water out of Houston uh, as we speak, but uh, there seem to be quite a lot of leaks in the economy. This gets nothing into the problems of the housing sector, the auto sector, it's hard to, to, to find any area of the economy that's actually performing well. Um, even gambling has gone into precipitous decline in recent uh, months. And, of course, uh, what, we, what we really see in the economy is a cash problem. We have a debt problem. We have a cash problem. Uh, the federal uh, $4 trillion of debt has been added uh, to the American economy under George Bush. Uh, the Iraq War, of course, has cost uh, more than the Vietnam War already, and uh, there is no early sign of any withdrawal from Iraq anytime soon. And um, the Republican solution to all of these problems seems to be a culture war, a, a, a kind of a veiled attack. They know they have reliable polling data showing that there's a substantial number of whites unwilling to vote for Barack Obama. Uh, this is well documented in various polls, and it ranges somewhere between 9 and 24 percent, which indeed are very troubling numbers. 
Uh, John McCain, of course, figured he could grab some of those Hillary Clinton voters by putting Palin on the ticket. But it'll be very interesting to see uh, Sarah Palin, who's, of course, been coached, sequestered, and uh, dolled up. Uh, she wears her makeup well. Uh, she wears her lipstick well. But does she understand all of these arcane issues uh, regarding regulation in the economy? We don't know. Charlie Gibson didn't even go down into that area uh, in the interview. And of the interview that we did here uh, regarding Sarah Palin, she quickly reversed herself on global warming, by the way. That was interesting because her position, of course, was out of touch with, uh, with John McCain's. And her approach now is to talk about drilling for oil. And when we get in there, we're going to change things. Of course, they've tried to do this pivot on the change debate. They've tried to steal Barack Obama's uh, uh, sort of uh, empty slogan because elections are always either about continuity or change. This is nothing new. This is, this is part of American politics. Consensus, continuity, change, they're basic uh, ideas that, that are, uh, every election is fundamentally about. The question is, change to what? And what are the policies? What are the ideas? I have uh, yet to hear them. I hear the speeches of uh, Sarah Palin. I've seen some of her performances. She reads a teleprompter well. But what are the fundamental ideas that the Republican Party is, is uh, offering up at this point? It's, it's very vague and it's very unclear. And obviously the, the debates will probably be the decisive events, as well as some of these issues regarding organizing in some of the toss-up states. Unfortunately, the election is only going to be fought in the, the southwest corner of our country, uh, a little bit uh, in, in Missouri, a little bit in Ohio, and a little bit in the North Carolina, Virginia area of our country, and uh, Florida. Um, that's going to be about it. And, of course, Michigan has uh, shown that it's considered a toss-up state. Um, but I just cannot see how John McCain can sell either his energy policy ideas or his um, economic ideas here in the state of Michigan. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, don't count on it. Fascinating to hear Alan Greenspan give an interview this weekend in which he basically stated that the American economy can quote, and I'm paraphrasing here, cannot afford John McCain's $3.3 trillion tax cut unless it cuts government spending massively. Okay, now where are those massive cuts going to occur? Uh, not in this earmark nonsense. Um, and, it, of course, it turns out that the leading recipients of earmarks and proponents of it and, and successful p uh, senators that get these things inserted to the bills turn out to be Thad Cochran from Mississippi and Ted Stevens of Alaska. Um, the reddest states are the ones where the earmarks go. So it uh, be fascinating to see. Uh, if John McCain actually gets in there, whether he will follow through and cut off these red states from the amount of money they receive from the federal government. Interestingly, by the way, Michigan is one of the um, 
poorest states, the, the, the state of Michigan, pays in in federal taxes much more than it gets back in federal spending. So uh, the big states that get the earmarks are Virginia, Georgia, Mississippi, and Alaska. Uh, Virginia is starting to kind of become a battleground state. It is a battleground state. The polls are very close there. And, and Virginia, by the way, on election night will be a, uh, a uh, key indicator of who's in trouble. I would say that if Barack Obama pulls an upset, and a Democrat has not won Virginia since 1964, but if he pulls an upset in Virginia, uh, John McCain probably will be in trouble. Uh, we shall see. Um, Let's look at the impact of, uh, of uh, Hurricane Ike. Uh, indeed, oil prices today on the global markets went way down uh, due to the fact that traders are now predicting uh, continuing problems with the American economy. Um, and I would argue that those, uh, those problems are going to uh, continue. But gas prices have gone way up uh, in, over the weekend, just over the weekend. Some of the price gouging actually anticipated the hurricane. But when you read that 25% of the refining capacity in the United States of America is temporarily shut down, maybe shut down for two to, uh, two, maybe two to three weeks, maybe 10 days is the best, uh, best case uh, estimate. I mean, they have to get the power on in, in these places uh, in the, the Houston uh, area. Um, there's no sign of the power coming on anytime soon. Massive uh, um, infrastructure has been destroyed by Hurricane Ike. And here in Ann Arbor, we've seen uh, gas prices go back up to 425. So while oil prices have come down on the futures market, gas prices have currently gone way back up. Um, John McCain and Sarah Palin can talk about drilling for oil uh, in the uh, Alaska tundra. But that isn't going to solve anybody's uh, gas costs in the short term. And, of course, this is part of this disposable income that, uh, that impacts families. Um, so uh, getting back to how the campaign has radically changed in my book in the last 48 hours, literally, uh, is this continuing um, hemorrhaging on Wall Street and the fact that the housing crisis, there's no end in sight to it. Also, we have one of the, we have the largest uh, American insurer, AIG, in deep doo-doo itself. Uh, its stock price this year, by the way, has gone down 90%. It's part of the Dow. Now we're going to hear a big debate over the next several days as to whether or not AIG is too big to fail. There are New York... Uh, financial experts that claim that it is because AIG is a global company uh, that has unknown assets and liabilities on the books uh, and unknown exposure. And this is one of the problems. Assets need to be repriced. Housing prices do need to continue to come down. Uh, housing prices went up too high. When you hear statistics and data that the average American household is uh, somewhere between two and six thousand dollars poorer than they were when George Bush assumed office, uh, you begin to wonder um, how how or why housing prices went, ever went up this high. 
America has a debt problem. It has too much government debt, too much private debt, too much corporate debt. It has credit card debt. Where's America going to get this infusion of capital? Because all the experts say we need capital. Well, let's look at the suspects around the world that have actually large quantities of cash sitting in their, in their um, shall we say, national treasures, treasuries. They're Arab countries, Russia, and China. Fascinating. Uh, since relations with all of those countries have deteriorated so grievously under the Bush administration. You know, even Saudi Arabia, a country that we funnel all sorts of arms, armaments to, has an Osama bin Laden problem. They can't be publicly sh seen bailing out America. Uh, other com company or countries that have capital are Japan. We have rumors of an economic slowdown in Europe. Great Britain is going through the same sort of housing problem that America is. Can't borrow any money from the Brits. They may be in uh, as bad a shape as we are. And, of course, they joined in enthusiastically, or at least the prime minister of Great Britain did, contrary to the public opinion uh, in his country, uh, pr as participants in the Iraq war. Arab countries are leery of publicly aiding the United States because of the Iraq Iran problems that the Bush administration has generated. And of course, where's John McCain on all of this? Well, he wants to continue the Iraq occupation. He doesn't seem to be aware that construction spending in the United States has been declining for about 18 months, that the personal savings uh, rate in America has gone negative um, essentially for the first time in 70 years, that the balance of trade has had some ups and downs. But small improvements in the, tr in the trade deficit have been the result not of uh, strength in the American economy, but weakness in the American dollar. We have an incredible quantity of houses on the market, uh, almost a year's supply. Durable goods, and I'm just looking at basic graphs here, have essentially been on the decline for two years. Consumer borrowing has gone up. Uh, which means credit card debt has gone up. And, of course, producer prices and inflation are very troubling. Uh, the cost of education has skyrocketed. Healthcare costs skyrocketed. Nothing has come down in America except the value of the dollar and uh, the stock market. Um, and, of course, the beneficiaries of the Bush tax cuts and John McCain's solution for everything is to extend these tax cuts to keep the tax cuts on dividends uh, lower than what, what you pay in income taxes. These are his solutions. They're not terribly imaginative, and they do not suggest change. What they do suggest is a continuation of what I call Reaganomics and Bushonomics, which is massive debt where the government literally becomes bankrupt. It'll be very interesting over the remaining weeks of the campaign to see whether or not the Concord Coalition emerges. They, of course, threw out very alarming numbers about um, $53 trillion of unfunded government mandates that are connected to Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. What's, where's John McCain going to fix those problems? And, of course, quite recently, uh, the federal government reported that George Bush will uh, leave uh, office with a budget deficit of nearly $500 billion 
Uh, and incidentally, by the way, this does not include the Iraq war, which is conveniently but mysteriously kept off budget. Now, what's not needed in America is, is a debate about regulation, because that, that's too arcane. What's needed in America is a fundamental debate about proper accounting, generally accepted accounting procedures. When's it going to happen? Who's going to talk about it? And what does Sarah Palin know about accounting? That would be a fascinating subject to explore, but alas, uh, her handlers are probably not going to uh, be able to brief her in enough time on the, the intricacies of balance sheets and income statements. They're probably already too worried about her problems in the area of foreign policy and trying to straighten her out on inconsistencies that she has with John McCain. But drill, baby, drill. If that's the slogan that gets John McCain elected, I'll be absolutely amazed. But I think that uh, what we've seen over the weekend is an incredible turn of events and that John McCain will rue the day that he picked Sarah Palin. Yes, she's giving him a little boost in the polls in the short term, but that's what America's all about. Short-term gain, long-term myopia. Anyway... Jim Dwyer will be back next week. You've been listening to Gray Matters here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Andrew's been our uh, helpful engineer this evening, and we appreciate his uh, reliability. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next right here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Gary Davis on the banjo doing a tune called picking a tune called Devil's Dream telling you it's time for Yazoo City Calling here on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name is Jerry Mack your host this evening for an hour long excursion into the land of Delta Blues and early urban blues performed and lived by the men and women who first put it down on vinyl in the early 20th century and those who keep the style alive today these 1964 instrumentals from uh, the Reverend Gary Davis, recorded in Inglewood Cliffs, New Jersey, part of the original blues classic series called The Guitar and Banjo of Reverend Gary Davis. We'll let the man pick his blues out here and welcome to Monday Evening Blues. Hurricane Ike has finally left the building, left the state. It's a good thing. And uh, we're cooling off with the blues. (laughs) 